Well, um, Martinsville was a thing. There was a lot of action, there was a lot of weirdness, and there was a lot of demoness. Long Beach went boatloads better, and, um, things were a bit out of control here. What the freak is what is wrong with my camera? Well, anyway, I'm going to be reviewing this with our special guest, and probably not who you're thinking. So, while I fix my camera's lighting, if you're watching the YouTube version of this, keep it right here on the Pastimes and Other Musings podcast. Out of three and four, this win's going to punch his ticket to the championship four. Gordon wins in Martinsville. And now it's all Johnny Benson working his way out of turn number four. Benson is going to win in Martinsville. And welcome to this week's edition of the Pastimes and Other Musings podcast. I am Mary. You know me better as Ultimate 23 Dragon. With me today is Alex, and you guys know him better as Destroyer H6. Now what happened? I don't know why that's still a shock to you. I don't know why that's still a shock to you. Why is it still shocking to you as to why I'm doing this with you? No, I'm shocked. I can still I work with you. Internet tab appear on my laptop for no reason, and it turned everything white. Okay, now we can resume. I don't know why it still shocks you why I do this. It still shocks you that I'm here. I don't know why I'm still I'm shocked I'm still working with you. How about that? <laughs> Believe me, I think a lot of people would think that for some reason. All right, let me go grab another drink. Hang on. So anyway, um. Damn it. Yeah, I took all the beer to the beach. Oh, goody. So I assume your vacation's going well. Yeah, I got a nice view of the pool. I, you can see hot girls with their bikinis down there. Uh-huh. Matter of fact, you can see that all across this town. Even though I'm still in the United States, but I feel like I'm in a foreign country. Like... Okay. Because everything's so different here. I can imagine. Where am I? Now that I don't know. Well. Oh, come there on. There we go. Come on. There is my view from my hotel room. There are no hot girls down there yet because it's like 8 in the morning here. Oh, wow. You can see some sailboats. You can see some sailboats and some. You see a big cargo boat out there. You can see Donald Trump's hotel. You can see a fat guy on his cell phone. Okay. I see a big hairy guy with a root beer bottle. Whoopee. I see the U.S. Army Museum. Oh, that's. Which city do you think this is, Mary? Now that I would not know. Palm trees. Foreign country, tropical, what state could this be? It could be Florida, it could be California. No, it's not a... No, it's neither one of those. It's the other one of those. It's off in the distance. You're in Hawaii? I'm in the middle of the Pacific... 
Yes, I'm in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Okay. <laughs> I've been here once before. Yeah, you see people surfing. Yeah. I'd seen some pussies yesterday trying to surf pike, but they were stuck on the sandbar. So that's that. And I went and I'm going to the Cheesecake Factory for the first time tonight. I got to pick from that 21 page menu. <laughs> Great. They make ordering way more complicated than it needs to be there. Okay, then. So let's talk about Martinsville. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did not see it because I didn't see the finish of the, I didn't see any of the finishes. I watched a little bit of the Xfinity race. I saw the first two stages of the truck race and I listened to the, or the Xfinity, I, I only saw the first two stages of the, of the cup race the first stage of the Xfinity race and listened to the truck race on MRN because I was driving to Chicago. Ah, okay. Well, let's put it this way. The Cup Series is better than a lot of people on Twitter make it out to be. The Xfinity Series was a train wreck and the truck series was a little bit of both of those. Well, let's, let's begin with, how about you talk about the truck race and the Xfinity race and I'll talk about Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the Truck Series race, the first part of it looked to be a train wreck. You had people bumping and banging all over the place in ridiculous ways. You had people complaining about other drivers racing other drivers in another way. You had mayhem with all the backmarker drivers everywhere. But then you get to the latter portions of the race, and it was actually pretty fine and normal. Uh, William Byron ended up being the winner of this race. The second top performance for the number seven truck for Spire... And uh, here's a surprise I bet some people did not see coming. Johnny Sauter actually ended up finishing second in that race. Didn't I pick him to suck? I think you did. And I think I picked him as the underdog. <laughs> and Sauter said... In I don't know what's your big obsession with Sauter, so... Huh? You're obsessed with Johnny Sauter. <laughs> That's the second time you've accused me of being obsessed over one of my guys. But anyway. You're obsessed with three of your guys, four of your guys, really. Well, three. One of which you met in person. <laughs> one you have a crush on, and the other one is Johnny Sauter. <laughs> All right, I'll bite. Who's the one I have a crush on? Andy Houston. I have been accused of having a crush on Andy in the past, but only because in seventh grade I had a teacher that was basically a spitting image of him, and I thought that was cool. But anyway. I don't want to know. <laughs> don't worry about it. So. And you met Johnny Benson. Yes, I did. Granted, be granted because you met Johnny Benson, a certain someone got obsessed with meeting him. And then Johnny Sauter's just Johnny Sauter. <laughs> well, amongst the remaining members of the NASCAR dozen that's still in NASCAR, Sauter's probably the highest one of those amongst those who drive. Because Andy Houston spotting doesn't count. <laughs> but anyway. And Brad Keselowski is terrible. Well, no, he's not terrible. The team he's with is terrible. He's terrible. He's all talk, no game. Why else would he be a mega baddie? 
Why do you think Jeff Gordon is a mega baddie? You say he was—he thought he was one of the it guys. He does. I'm Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon is one of the most humble drivers there is. Give me a break. So anyway, moving on to Xfinity, a surprise winner ended up being Brandon Jones. And nobody is talking about it. Everyone's talking about that Sam Mayer Ty Gibbs thing. And it's kind of funny because when you look at the replays, it looks like Landon Castle caused the entire thing. Now, the big question is, Ty Gibbs can do whatever the hell he wants. But what's he going to do when, when it happens to him? Look what happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, he'll whine and complain about it like a freaking baby. He'll demand that something be done to the competition, and then we'll see where that goes from there. And that'll really determine how far up the pecking order he is. I like him. He's full of talent, but he's got to calm the fuck down. He's a Kyle Bush wannabe. And that is not a good thing. Oh, going back to the truck. However, I don't think Kyle Bush. Oh, my God. Haley Deegan. What is wrong with this lady? First okay, tell everybody about the picture. What picture? About the meme I sent you. That I made. Oh. Yeah, Deegan, Haley Deegan is basically Haley Diva, because that's exactly what she is. She's like, mm, I'm so that, I'm so it, it's all about me. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, you're a man, you better get out of my way. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, oh, you hit me, give me a break with her. Like her. I do think that she did have... Her and that stupid... I give her, I give her credit... Because she came to Martinsville despite what's been going on in her personal life. That's what I said. The stupid stuff going on there, that's one thing. And then raging out like no other is another thing. And now I find out she's one of the people who's been clamoring for shorter races. And we'll definitely get into that later on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Cup now. Okay, so the Cup Series, I don't understand. Okay, oh, hot, hot Laps is brought to you by Lionel Racing and Circle B Diecast. I don't have a diecast. Well, I do have a diecast, actually. <laughs> I, was I literally went to Walmart the first day I was here. I literally went to Walmart the first day I was here. And, and I got three diecasts. Well, this is just one of them. I really like this one. Kevin Harvick's 2021 Mobile1000.com car that he ran at Coda last year. Okay. What do you think of this car, Mary? I don't, I honestly don't remember it. It's definitely unique. I don't like it as much as his Bush to the Moon car. I also got Alex Bowman's um, Veterans Day, Veterans thing. They, I think he races in the Coke 600. That's cool. And I don't know who these guys are. Bobby and Roger Roos's I Heart Mac and Cheese truck. Probably what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. What? Well, that's Jordan Anderson, but... Uh, that's the team. That's the team. Bobby and Roger Roos. Okay. 
Good. Original Big Brian could probably help me out with this. I thought this was kind of funny, so I got it. Right. Okay. But yeah, I am. I'm. I'm very satisfied with these three purchases. All right. This this Kevin Hark one's probably my favorite. Of course. I don't, hey, Kevin Harvick is a mega baddie, but he's had some good ass paint schemes lately. That is true. My favorite scheme he's my favorite scheme he's ran over the last few years was his Bush to the Moon car. I loved it. I also liked his um, car he raced at Indy in 2020 when Matt Kenseth finished second. Mm-hmm. That that car reminded me of my all time favorite NASCAR paint scheme. Okay. My top two favorite of all time. They're both patriotic cars. But anyways, let's talk about the cup race. Well, the, the die, and I do have some die casts that I ordered. I, I did order a Kevin Harvick die cast okay. from the Bush series. I ordered a Elliot Sadler die cast. Okay. That he crushed at Indianapolis. And I got a Jeremy Mayfield die cast. Hmm. And I also got Mary a die cast. Oh. I'm not saying what it is. It's a 164 diecast. Okay. I'm not telling you what it is. Anyway, You'll like it, though. I will like it, though. Yes. It's not going to be the. It's not going to be like what I did with those trading cards, which we're going to talk about in just a little bit. All right. So anyway. Uh, Martinsville, the cup race, uh, William Byron basically got his sweep because he basically took over stage three and dominated from there. Is William Byron going to be Jeff Gordon's priority driver? That's not Jeff Gordon's car. Chase Elliott is driving Jeff Gordon's car. William Byron is driving Jeff Gordon's number. That is a good question. It really is. Because the way I had thought it out, I thought Kyle Larson was going to be their priority guy, especially considering last year. But I, I mean, Larson, Larson's just good. Okay. Kyle Larson is just good. Yeah, I think Hendrick's pecking order is Larson, Byron, Bowman, then Elliott. Which pisses me off. It pisses me off, too. Because Larson shouldn't be anywhere near the conversation. Larson just, I say that for a different reason, because Larson just has, Larson is the only driver with raw talent in NASCAR. Okay, yep. in the Cup Series. And in NASCAR, mm -hmm. you, f you fail to remember how many races he came close to winning when he was with Ganassi, but Ganassi just doesn't care about NASCAR. Now, I did watch Long Beach. I was able to watch Long Beach. I watched Long Beach, too. Uh, yeah, I figured you did. Let's talk about Long Beach. I didn't really have opinions on the cup race. I think it was terrible because Chase Elliott should have won. Um, Why are people raging out so much about the cup race? Oh, no, there was no passing, especially for the lead. There was plenty of passing and bumping and banging throughout the entire field. It wasn't Atlanta where there was just a bunch of choo-choo racing and short bursts of passing for the lead, and that was it. And it wasn't... I mean, the first two stages had no passing for the lead. Yay. Because I'm an Elliott fan. Oh, yeah. I get it. 
that's my but, thing. There was no passing for the lead. There was no passing whatsoever. There was totally passing throughout the entire field. Like, Austin Dillon finished third, and he started, what, 28th or something? So there was definitely passing. Now, here's the thing. This kind of pisses me off. People think that the beach right outside my hotel is Waikiki Beach. No, Waikiki Beach is further down the street. I cut my knee on a rock the other day. I don't like the beach. That's where my parents are right now. But anyway, let's continue. Let's talk about Long Beach. Yes, please. Long Beach was... Um, it was interesting. It was like the inverse of the truck race. Like, the first part of it, it, it seemed like it was going to be the dull fest that people thought the Martinsville Cup race was. But then you get to the second half of the race, and everything is just action-packed here and there with a couple of interesting surprises. What the hell is going on with Scott Dixon? I mean, come on. What do you mean? Make me happy, please. Win a race, Scott. <laughs> oh, don't worry. He'll probably be giving Indy or something. Uh, Joseph Newgarden actually ended up being... Don't like say that ever again. Huh? He has never been given a win. He has never been given a win. Anyway, he's uh, owed Indy. Anyway, Joseph Newgarden ends up being the winner. Uh, definitely a pretty close duel between him and Alex Pillow. So that was pretty cool. And I don't like Pillow. You, you don't like Pillow? Oh, wait, because he's Dixon's teammate. Got it. I don't like Jimmy Johnson either. And that's because Jimmy Johnson is a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater at NASCAR. I don't like Pillow because Pillow is given priority over veteranship. <laughs> How do you think I feel about Larson? <laughs> you just think Larson's a racist. Well, he is. And that's... that's the problem I have with Rick Andrick. <laughs> anyway. Say, you say that word one time. You have to redeem yourself for saying it. But anyways, let's move on to something else. Let's talk about this week's news. Oh, there's a plenty. <laughs> All right, first topic. Twitter should be deplatformed. Explain. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I've blocked more people on Twitter in less than two years than I have on YouTube in 10 years. What is wrong with NASCAR Twitter? They want to say, oh, Facebook is so bad and Reddit is so bad. I wouldn't know about Facebook, but I don't know if NASCAR Reddit is bad. But, oh, my God, NASCAR Twitter is eons worse. Oh. That's because you're not in any NASCAR Facebook groups, and I am. What do these NASCAR Facebook people say? Are they as bad as Twitter? No. Exactly. It's just a bunch of old people. It's just a bunch of old people. Eh. And oh my god, it's like certain fan bases on Twitter are just the most toxic fan bases I've ever seen in my life. Especially the big five in toxic fan bases. Who are who? Okay, Bush, let's see. Larson, Hamlin, Harvick. Number four. 
Kyle Busch. Most of them are a-holes. Number three, Kevin Harvick. See, Kyle Busch. Number two, Kyle Larson. They're racist sympathizers. Number one, Denny Hamlin, and it's not even close. Oh, my God. Ugh. The Denny Hamlin fan base has to be the most toxic fan base I've ever seen in my life. I think I know maybe one person who's a Denny Hamlin fan who is not toxic on YouTube, but is on Twitter. I have not met one Denny Hamlin fan on Twitter who is not a toxic a-hole. And the only reason that Kevin Harvick is above Kyle Busch on the list is because I know multiple Kyle Busch fans who are not toxic a-holes. Rather than that... <laughs> like, I know that a lot of fan bases have their toxic fans, but it's majorly those five. And it's not close, especially Hamlin's portion. If NASCAR Twitter went away, I would be happy with it. And it's, you know, I'm not going to say it here. I just won't. Uh, let's move on. Uh, what's the next piece of news? Uh, topic number two. What the hell is this Brad Keselowski penalty about? So, Brad Keselowski and his team, his car was chosen for the R&D thing after Vegas, I believe. And all of a sudden, yes. out of nowhere, he gets this $100,000 fine and 100-point penalty thing. And NASCAR's all, <laughs> hang on. NASCAR's all shush shush about it and says they will not reveal the cause for another couple weeks. So Brad comes out and says before the Martinsville weekend, it has something to do with repairs that had to be done to the composite body. And supposedly the repairs were not in form with NASCAR's ruling in regards to the third party who makes these chassis to begin with. So should we have them return the bodies and stuff to the third party in order to have them repair it to avoid issues like this? Because otherwise, we're going to have a situation in which NASCAR is seemingly screwing up this stuff yet again. And I've long had the theory that NASCAR has had it out for Brad Keselowski. And this just furthers my point. Because now it's going to get to the point where Brad has to be in a win and in situation. And you know damn well with Roush, even with Brad Keselowski's talents, that's not going to happen. At least for right now. And that is the main issue with that. So, that's basically how it is right now in terms of the Keselowski situation. Because until NASCAR tries to specify what happens, we have Brad's part of the story and NASCAR is waiting to release it, which is eonically stupid and tells me they're stalling to come up with something. So, yeah, NASCAR, you're once again caught red-handed in reference to trying to screw over Brad Keselowski. Just stop. So while Alex is dealing with uh, his little issue, whatever's going on with his side, I'm going to go to topic number three. Haley Deegan needs to go back to off-road trucks. Oh my God. What a diva. Like I said earlier, her situation regarding the 
catfish story or whatever. That's one thing. And we should definitely support her in terms of that situation. But everything else, oh my God, just d diva. That, that's exactly what she is. She's a freaking diva. Like, if the Danica haters want to rage out against Danica, they see nothing yet in terms of Haley Deegan, I assure you. Because now she's gotten to the point where you can just run into her and she'll go ridiculously off and such and such. Like, the contact with Johnny Sauter earlier in the race. Sauter overdrove it a bit, and Sauter admitted it in the post-race interview, took the blame for it. What does Haley Deegan do? She literally had a chance to do that and didn't do it. She probably learned her lesson from the Austin Hill situation a couple years ago. <laughs> so at least she had the brilliance to not do anything stupid in regards to that. But then comes the end of the race. She's having a bumping battle with a guy by the name of Lawless Allen. She comes down on Lawless while he's on the inside. They get together a bit. And then... On another video on her own channel, she is shown doing the bump and run to Lawless. And then after the race, Deegan goes up to, to Lawless Ellen and does her little, I'm so it kind of thing. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. It, it's just ridiculous. Thank you. So basically, the way this is working is that Haley Deegan is just a total freaking diva. And it's just awful that people want to tweet, tweet her like, tweet her, treat her like this queen and such. Now, Haley Deegan, like I said, with the toxic fan bases and stuff, Haley Deegan is not top five yet, but she is top ten, I guess. She's probably maybe seventh or eighth, given how people feel about Joe Gibbs racing overall and Ty Gibbs, who's going to be another diva in NASCAR. We need to get rid of the divas in NASCAR. They need to go away. And we'll get to the Ty Dillon portion of that later on. And the dog is barking for some reason. That's great. Because I'm on my laptop, I can't use my headphones because I don't want correct be correct on that one. But back to Haley Deegan. And then her divaness comes out even further, along with another diva, Kevin Harvick, who now says that the races are too long. They want shorter races in the Cup Series. So, Haley Deegan's proven that she can't do anything worth a damn in NASCAR. And then Kevin Harvick's being the diva he wants to be for the 22nd straight year, I guess. Ever since the end of the Bush series. But anyway, in regards to that, now, Haley Deegan's becoming one of those, oh, I'm so it drivers. Like your Kyle Bushes and your Kevin Harvick's and your Denny Hamlin's. And now Ty Gibbs, so that's great. So, the aspects of that are just freaking horrible, and it really is. And, it's just bad. And I really wish these divas would go away. And hopefully NASCAR does not bow to their ridiculousness. Or Rick Hendricks as well, wanting straight course racing. Yeah, right. That's not going to work. It's not going to work with NASCAR. The cars are too bulky. They're too slow in comparison to other cars. It won't work. 
This is NASCAR, not the British Touring Car Championship. Thank you. But anyway, Deegan needs to go. She really does. My computer is overheating, so I'm going to get my uh, thing for that. It's all because it's recording over here. So while we're going to do that, let me go to the next topic. And the next topic, oh, yeah, this. So, if you remember the truck race, there was an incident in which uh, Dean Thompson, who drove the 40 truck, I believe, had to stop on the track because the cockpit of his truck caught fire. So, yeah, that's not a good thing. This is twice now that we had a situation in which the cockpit of a truck caught fire because the A-formation Haley Deegan, that happened to her at Atlanta. And that was a crazy situation in itself that should not have happened. And now it's happening to this Dean Thompson guy in the Martinsville truck race. So, one time it might have been a fluke, but twice now, something's up. And NASCAR desperately needs a fix to that. So, the way that things are in regards to that, I hope NASCAR does fix it. Because otherwise, if this happens again, NASCAR's going to have to ask some pretty serious questions. In regards to what the heck is causing these truck series cockpit fires, we can't have that happen. It cannot continue or else knowing NASCAR and their lack for safety and that they say otherwise they're lying. I still remember Johnny Sauter 2021 Charlotte along with Trey Hutchins. Something bad's going to be affected by this and I'm not going to like it whatsoever. No one's going to like it whatsoever. And speaking of things that we don't like, Joe Gibbs Racing needs to go away. We're talking about Haley Deegan and her divaness, but now Ty Gibbs is becoming a diva as well. In the Xfinity race, we had an incident where he and Sam Mayer get together, debatably because of Landon Casshole. And then what does Ty Gibbs do? He goes up to Sam Mayer and does his little ranting baby whining thingy like he always does. Sam Mayer's not pleased with that. He goes back to Ty Gibbs, and then Ty Gibbs basically tries to fight him. And then he has the audacity to say that Sam Mayer's confronted him. Now, bruh, you confronted Sam first. So much so that everyone is mocking Ty Gibbs and the nepotism aspect of all this. And that's just... Ay, 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 ay. It just is. Ah. And this goes back to two of the other divas in NASCAR, Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch who have raced for Joe Gibbs Racing for nearly a decade and a half between the two of them. Because Hamlin's been there since 2006. And Bush has been there since, I think it's 2008. So, yeah, that's like 14 years of those two being with that team. And you see how that went down. Kyle Bush has always been a diva in some sort of direction or other. And then Danny Hamlin, the longer he goes, the more diva-ish he became. I mentioned that in my top 20... Notable moments of NASCAR in the 2010s videos, in case you want to check that one out. But now this thing with Ty Gibbs is going on. He's basically becoming some fusion of the both of them, and we definitely don't need that. So if Joe Gibbs Racing shuts down, I would much prefer that. Because it's just ridiculous. Joe Gibbs Racing as a whole needs to go away. They've absorbed other race teams. They absorbed Furniture Row Racing. And that's why people feared that Truex would become a whiner. And for the most part, he survived. Only a couple close calls. 
And then we have the Levine family stuff. And to the point that Levine has rebelled against the ridiculousness of Joe Gibbs racing in NASCAR. I have seen it. And then it, it's just Uggsville. And it's only going to get worse the longer this goes on. Joe Gibbs racing needs to go away. And it'll be a great day when they do. Like, I thought Jack Roush in the mid-2000s during the peak of his evilness was bad enough with him having all of the mega baddies at that point. He had Carl Edwards. He had Matt Kenseth. He had Kyle Busch for a short while before the Cart Marlboro incident. And Roush here at Kurt Busch was very bad as well. And then all of these drivers said they're going to join Joe Gibbs Racing. Like, there's only seven mega baddies in the history of NASCAR, and at one point, four of them were driving for Joe Gibbs Racing. That's not a good thing. So, that's basically how that went down. And Joe Gibbs There are nine mega baddies. Huh? There are nine mega baddies. And yes, at one point, three mega baddies raced for Roush, and at one point, four of them raced for Joe Gibbs. Yeah. Well, there are 10 mega baddies. <laughs> but anyway, my point there is that Joe Gibbs Racing needs to go away. We do not need more divas in racing. So that's that topic down. There's a couple more. Uh, are you aware of Jimmy Johnson's hand injury? Yes. Okay, so for those out of the loop, uh, Jimmy crashed in practice one. And for those unfamiliar with Danica's career, this is the reason why whenever she gets close to being crashed out by another Yahoo, when she takes off the takes her hands off the steering wheel, her IndyCar experience is why she did that. And Jimmy Johnson learned that the hard way. He had a crash in one of the later portions of uh, the first practice, did not let go of the steering wheel, and the wheel jolted his hand and broke a bone in his right wrist. Now, he got that all situation and figured out, was able to compete in the second practice, crashed in turn one, but no harm done on that point. And then he's competing in the race and was actually doing pretty well for him in the road course aspect of IndyCar until close to the very end of the race where he and another car get crashed out. So Jimmy Johnson basically crashed out three times at Long Beach and resulted in a uh, wrist injury because of the first one. Now, as of recording, Jimmy is getting uh, medical updates in regards to his wrist. There's going to be some sort of procedure on it. Other than that, he should be cleared and ready to go for the next event at Barbara Motorsports Park. And he should be cleared to go from there. And I actually saw one report saying that the wrist injury will actually make his hand better. So, <laughs> sure. And the last topic, and this is something I really want to discuss because of the cup race. What do you believe entitles the definition of a good race? Because even though the leading portion of the field did not have it, there was plenty of racing going on. There was plenty of bumping and banging. There was no egregiousness among that. There was no ridiculous wrecks. And thank God the finish was not tainted by the Todd Gilliland tire incident at the very end. Because otherwise... That could have been a tainted race, but it actually wasn't. The right person in the end won. There was no nefariousness. There was no ridiculousness. When you had your action, even though the leaders didn't have it, the most of the rest of the field did. And then everyone is saying, 
You were so poor and they ruined Martinsville. They need to fix it. No, Martinsville is not the problem. Just what entails a good race nowadays? Because you had Atlanta Tona and your little choo-choo fest. With, you had short burst of the leaders passing each other in the two lanes, but that was about it. Because there was literally no passing going on. We're going too wide most of the time. And then you had Martinsville, which is impossible to do that. And that's boring? Like, what are we doing here? What constitutes a good race nowadays? Is everyone's idea of a good race nothing but three wide choo-choo racing at Daytona and Talladega? And now Atlanta Daytona? Like... Most of the time when I hear these kind of arguments, the thing I always hear is that there's not enough crashing. We only had maybe one crash, and that was the Todd Gill and tire failure at the very end of the race that caused the green-white checkered. Like, and a lot of people raged out against me on Twitter about this, and those go back to the toxic stuff, trying to say that, oh, it's just a dumb opinion of yours, because it doesn't really matter. Give me a break. It's just ridiculous and horrifying what the fan base has come to in terms of this. And it's ridiculous. And I just don't like that this is the direction we're going. And now we're having arguments about, oh, the races should be shorter if it's going to be like this. Uh, Martinsville is traditionally 500 laps. This was 400. It's not shorter race, and that's the problem. It's the preference of what the fans want. They think they should be passing in every single lap. And then one card is this, and then another card is this. Like a bunch of crossovers and something. It's Martinsville. It doesn't work that way. If you want your crash and smash and bash them type of thing, go to a demolition derby. If you want shorter racing, go to your local short track. This is NASCAR. This is not your thing for that. Oh, but Dragon Martinsville is a short track. Uh, yeah. And you still complained about it. It was literally 100 laps less than usual. And you guys still complained about it. So I don't know what to tell you in that aspect. Because my vision of what a good race is, and this newer generation's idea about what a good race is, is apparently two different things. It's just ridiculous what's going on here in terms of all this stuff. I don't like it, and it's ridiculous. <sighs> but anyway, that's pretty much all I have for hot topics. So, uh, any... My entitled parents think they can do whatever the hell they want and have no regard for me or my business. Is everything cool now? They just... They decided to walk three miles just to take a shit. Okay. Anyway. They weren't hearing me ranting and raving, were they? Good. All right. <laughs> so you heard all of the topics during Hot Topics. Do you have any opinions on any of this? Now that I'm done. No. What I do want you to do is I want you to, to tell everyone about your Christmas gift that I got you. Huh? So I wanted a Travis Quaffle signed card from his Kodak days when he drove for Penske. Mm -hmm. So I bought a 
set of cards featuring one of those cards. I'm like, I just want one of them. Well, Quapple is the driver in Mary's NASCAR Dozen. Yes. So I sent Mary the rest of the cards. I'd like Mary to show those. Okay. I can get that for you. So here's what I did. So one of them was a card I already had, but not autographed. So I put that card in the book of favorites, which is this card right here. So this is the card that I do have, but the one I have is not autographed. This one Alex sent came autographed, so I put that one in the book of favorites as a replacement. The others are in my uh, special box. So I'll bring my special box over here. If I can get by this mess. And now I'll go through those cards. And if you're watching the YouTube variant of the podcast, I will show you what will go on. Normally it's me showing the autographed cards. Since I'm not home, I don't have, and I don't know if I got any autographed cards. So... Yeah. That's Robbie. That's Funny Bone. Oh, here we go. All right. So those are the cards. I'll put those there and I'll put these here. So the card that I do have, here it is. This is the original card that I had. So I swapped this one out for the other one in the book of favorites. The uh, other cards that I got... All of these, well, this one's not, so I'll show that one first. This one is also another one from the IWX days when he won the championship in 2003. The other cards all come from his days at Addington Racing when he was Andy Houston's successor to the 60 truck. There is this one right here. I'll try and get this one better lighted. There we go. So there's that one. And then there was this one. That also shows off the truck. That's pretty cool. And then the final one is this one as well. That also has the, I think this is the 2002 schedule on the back of it. Yes, it is. So that would have been his last year with before they shut down. So that's cool. But there was one other thing that happened. Yeah, so this is a. <laughs> Were you going to show that one off too? Because I want you to. All right, hang on. So, <laughs> there's something else that he did that I did not exactly appreciate. So, I still have the envelope, so I'll show you how bad your handwriting is. So, a lot of those. My handwriting is bad. So along with those cards, Alex had sent a envelope inside, and inside of the envelope was another envelope listed as "Here's the surprise." And in said envelope, and I don't know why he decided to do this. Once I find the card, I'll show you. I got a lot of cards on this side as well. Okay, there's that one. There it is. For some ungodly reason, 
he sent me a Rich Bickle autograph card. <laughs> Why did you send me this? So you can always remember your seven-hour podcast. I got the seven-hour podcast for that. And not only that, Rich, you finally have a Mega Baddies autograph. <laughs> Kevin Harvick is next. Because you know darn well I would not get it winningly. So now they I need to hurt Rich Bickle. Huh? Someone needs to hurt Rich Bickle. Right. But anyway, let me get this back in here. I, I could say a lot worse of what I really want for Rich Bickle. <laughs> and then we'd be canned off the air. Yeah. A lot of what Darian Gilliam wants to happen to Jason Jacoby, I want it to happen to Rich Bickle. Yay. So, now what was, so what did you think? So what did you think when I sent you those cards? Well, the Quapa ones I like because I never had his autograph before. But what about the Bickle one? Why? You learned what did you think the surprise was going to be? Yeah, some Well, because I got another. Well, because I already got a Rich Pickle autograph. And? What makes you think that I would have wanted it? I don't know. I just. I didn't need it, and I didn't know who to give it to, so I just gave it to you. <laughs> you can wipe your ass with it. <laughs> Lovely. So, um, yes, let, let's talk about this week's mailbag question. Now, I did get a mailbag question this week that I had Mary answer off the air. Okay. But this week's mailbag question, if I can find it here. <laughs> Why don't you talk about something while I find it? Uh, okay. Oh, found it, found it, found it. Too bad, sorry. Uh, so the que this next mailbag question is, Alex, what was it like being on the, on the 100,000 cameras next to Chase Elliott? Well, first off, my face wasn't shown next to Chase Elliott. My shirt was. It's because Chase is so popular, he's got millions of fans probably. And they probably could have picked a bunch of other idiots to do that. But they chose mine. They chose my video for that part. Mm -hmm. And that's major for me. I can imagine. <laughs> my computer can't connect to my hotel's Wi-Fi. Eh. It's fine on my end. No, my phone can connect, but my computer can't. <laughs> Hang on. All right. I'm trying to open my computer notifications now. Why don't you talk about a question, the question that I had you answer earlier today. Don't talk about the, don't specifically say the question, but give the gist while I do this. Okay. So basically, I don't know why Alex decided to do this. 
He decided to ask me which one of the two situations involving a couple of yahoos and the stupid situations they did against us was worse. Uh, the first one or the second one? I said the second one. Uh, he said the first one. Because the second person would not be able to do the things that the first person did. But yet, the second person was way more bothersome, definitely in terms of me. That's basically the gist of it. Okay, so my computer's working again. That's good. Yep. Uh, but let's actually see. <laughs> that way I can, you know, do something called, you know, college. <laughs> That's good. Gibbs versus the world. Yeah, I think I covered that one. Nice title, Jarrett. Topics. Mm -hmm. Anyways. That was just a random topic that I had you that I had you talk about because I didn't know what else to talk about. <laughs> But anyways, what what are we going to talk about next? Uh, well, I did everything for hot topics and hot laps, and I don't think you have anyone for hot seat. Why don't you talk about your newest your? Let's talk about your upcoming YouTube video. Uh, well, I do have one that's coming up uh, this month, but it's it's kind of a request thing that someone did during a live stream, so it's basically be a mini-movie about that said request. Explain. Okay, so you know how Kamikaze Games has been doing his NASCAR Thunder 2004 100% race season thing? Well, during the, Dover yes. episode, during the Dover episode, something had happened to two of the AI drivers, which then resulted in a conversation... Oh, I thought you were talking Huh? I thought you were talking about the fanfic. No! <laughs> anyway, something had happened between two of the AI drivers that resulted in a conversation talking about a situation that one of the AI drivers had regarding one of my NASCAR dozens. And the person, well, Kamikaze, does not know much about 90s NASCAR because he was very young at that point. Like, he wasn't even a year old when this particular incident happened. So basically, it's me explaining the said incident that started my ahem, fury against the said AI driver who caused incident in race. That's basically what that is. It's like, it's like the uh, finale aspect of Whose Fault Is It Anyway? Because initially, and this literally happened, when I was younger, I thought another driver had caused the wreck, but years later I learned this other driver had caused the wreck instead. So basically, it's whose fault is it anyway documentary. Was it between Johnny Benson and somebody else? Because we, jo we know about Johnny Benson and Kamikaze Games. Well, Johnny was involved, but the actual wreck in reference does not involve him. 
You need to make that video public. If you don't, I will. What video? Oh, you'll see it later today. I will? Yes, because I'm uploading it right now. Right, sure. Okay, so let's talk about the video that premiered on, not premiered, because I don't do channel premieres on, because I we don't do video premieres on my channel. Explain the last, uh, explain the video that came out on my channel on Saturday. <laughs> okay, I, this, this was one of the funniest things we ever did. So one day, Alex had the idea that he was going to entertain me by doing some NASCAR Thunder challenges, specifically 2003. And the very first challenge he wanted to do was Jeff Gordon's Happy Birthday Challenge, which was him winning the 2001 Brickyard 400. Now, in said challenge, you were playing as Jeff Gordon, and you had to hold off Sterling Marlin and Johnny Benson. Now, Alex is going to play the crybaby variant of Jeff Gordon and decide to try and wreck Marlin. It's true, you literally did it, because I remember it. <laughs> so he, the first time... He decides to wreck Marlin. Benson gets by them both and wins, making Alex fail the challenge. I just start laughing. And then the second time, he tries to run Johnny off the track, but runs himself off the track instead. And that's a DQ, which means Alex fails again. And I kept saying, I wish you were recording this because this is hilarious. And Alex eventually got fed up with it and started recording. And the madness just continued from there with not only NASCAR Thunder 2003, but also NASCAR Thunder 2004. So Alex had the brilliant idea to continue on doing a series of this for three weeks. And what the video that came out this past Saturday was part one. Explain part two. Part two, I believe, was nothing but the NASCAR 05 challenges, the chase for the cup game. Had a few, a couple different things in there. Basically, the video that I'm, that I'm uploading right now is a video Mary made, but won't publicize. I did? I'm calling it... Kamikaze Games versus Ultimate 23 Dragons NASCAR Dozen. Oh no. <laughs> what did you do? I'm not telling you yet. And as a <laughs> Okay, and and the thumbnail is Dylan and jo Dylan Jacobs, aka um Kamikaze Games. Kamikaze I I'm Trying to multitask. Kamikaze Games and Johnny Benson. Great. <laughs> I can't wait to see how this works. Uh. <laughs> this is funny. This is absolutely hilarious. I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I've enjoyed doing what I'm doing right now. Right. I'm enjoying my life. I really am. I'm glad you are. You know, 
I'm enjoying my life right now because, listen, if I was in the position I was in two years ago, my life wouldn't be the way it's going now because, you know, things were going crazy. Yeah. I guess you could say that for both of us. Things were way different two years ago than they were now. Well, okay. Well, you know how my life was two years ago. Mm-hmm. And how things were going back then and how things happened. and Like, I'm not wearing my ring anymore. Because some of you guys don't know, I was engaged for six months. And my ex-girlfriend. And now I found out things are going on with my former fiance that are kind of weird and unsettling. And Mary knows about it. Like, I didn't expect it to happen. But, like, I'm going to talk about guy stuff here. Guys, when you go through the shit that I went through, sure, like, I don't want... To be with my ex again, but I don't want, but I don't miss her. I miss the memories. And Mary knows that all too well. Mm-hmm. Because we've had several discussions about it. Yep. And Mary has seen some of the shit that I went through. I have. How would you describe that type of stuff, Mary? I think the easiest way to explain it is that it was bizarre. In what way? And things are getting worse now. Well, the easiest way I can explain it is that... It's essentially deja vu in a different aspect. What do you mean? There's another person that I feel is about to be victimized the same way you are. But they've been together for almost a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So explain to me how he's not getting victimized. Explain to me how do I don't want to say it. Explain to me. Hang on. Wait. Explain how. 
it's been 18 months and he had and he's not getting victimized the way i was because it took me per- it didn't take me long to realize what was really going on Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not happening. You don't know what goes be you don't know what's going on off the stuff you've seen on the internet. Or the stuff that people have shown me in this case. Right. So just because it seems oh. Doesn't mean it is. I am not on the right channel. I'm on my personal channel. <laughs> I need to switch to my actual YouTube channel. Like, I don't care about any of my exes. Like, one of them has a kid now. One of them, like, fucked off and live in a, and now lives in a really shitty part of England. Really? Yes. Why is this not working? What's going on? I can't switch to my Destroyer H6 YouTube channel. Why not? I don't know. These guys race like ass clowns. I confronted him by Haley Deegan. Oh, God. You saw that video, too? Yeah. No, it just popped up in my feed. Watch the first three seconds, you'll see how she contradicts herself, because it fades in towards her coming down on him in a corner, and then the very next scene is her bumping him, and then she goes on her little diva tirade afterward. Yeah, it's totally worthless. She totally exposed herself in the video. Yeah, I'm going to watch it later, after I get this video up. (laughs) anyways um mary's going to love this video why am i going to love this video because you're because well first off you made it and your name is going to be in the title i did yes you made it you just won't upload it then how would you have it? You sent it to me. Oh, there's a piece of dust on my phone. It must have. Anyways, been- um, I think um this is going to be a nice time to to remind Mary that she met Johnny Gunson. <laughs> I know. Um, why don't you tell everybody again that story? Okay. 
So this was May of last year. I knew my time would be limited before I had to move back to the household, not my choice. And I told myself that as long as I was in Michigan, I would visit Berlin Raceway at least once. And up to that point, I had not. Now, Alex had told me that he was going to be attending an event on Memorial Day weekend at Berlin Raceway. So I had the thought... To which I did not tell you why. Yeah, he didn't tell me the why, though. I later found out the why. But I had the thought that, well, this may be my one chance to go, so maybe I could surprise him. And then I found out someone else was going to be there. So I basically booked my ticket instantly. <laughs> so my last day at the college, as I was walking out, they were playing um, living, Hanging by a Moment by Lifehouse as I was walking out. Okay. If anyone knows that significance, yeah, you guys will know the significance. Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't know that significance? Oh, god damn. Uh, hang on. Okay. I can't. So anyway. Okay. First off, I do, I do have a new channel art. Ah, uh, yes, I did see that. Oh, oops. <laughs> Anyways. As you can see, I have all these new, well, I have these Let's Plays. We do finish up NASCAR Thunder 2004 next week. But I am going to show you. Well, Wait, kind of see I, how I preface this. Rocking ham, the tires are worn, the gas was low. That's you looking in the mirror, sir. And then, uh, you know. And then, as you can see, I think I was low on fuel. I'm making full screen. Oh. <laughs> Is that Rusty Wallace behind you? Oh, shit. Uh, Michael Walter. No, Rusty Wallace, yes. I can't believe you haven't seen this video yet. Oh, I ran out of gas. I had this race bookmarked. I don't understand what you're laughing at. Your reaction? I don't know what's so funny about that. Jeff Gordon actually did good for one. Oh, and I slammed Jeff Gordon into the wall three times. <laughs> that was Victory Lane. We have six minutes of course. It's 2075 over 30 
<laughs> Look at my point and scab, so though. I'll see you guys tomorrow. And then you play the actual clip. Yes. And then I have. But then watch how I did it. This is the outro I used. And then here's the actual outro. This is a non-copyright song. Do you like the song, Mary? Why did I pick the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Where's their lead singer from? I'm going to guess he's from Michigan. Yes. Which part? Well, that could be one of the three. Not far from me. Not far from me. So not far from you does not. So that means not St. Joseph because you're pretty close to that area. Is it somewhere in Indiana? I don't live there anymore. Oh, okay. That's cool. Well, first off, I don't live in St. Joe anymore. Oh, all right. That's cool. I don't. My parents still do. <laughs> even though I still record at their house. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. Most of my stuff is in another town. Mm -hmm. It's in the town where somebody is from. Town or city? Town outside the city. How about that? Okay. So it's somewhere close to Grand Rapids. Well, he's from Grand Rapids, yes. I'm moving to Granville. Okay. I don't know why it won't let me switch to my... Well, let me do it on Firefox? I don't know. Firefox is usually way better. So, let's talk about uh, Johnny Benson for a little bit. I'm going to interview you about him. Okay? While we do that, you're going to look at my picture with him. Okay. Um, so, explain to me, why did you decide to go to this event at Berlin Raceway? Yeah, back to the story. Well, initially I had the thought of, well, I did say I was going to go there before I left. 
So maybe surprising Alex would be the cool thing to do. And then I found out somebody else was going to be at this event. So I basically booked my Caitlin. There. <laughs> was it Caitlin? What was it, Caitlin? I did not know she was going to be there until you told me. Why won't this let me switch? <laughs> so, on Berlin Raceway's Twitter account, they announced that Johnny was going to be there. And that's when I and that's when I said, "Okay, yeah, I'm going." This might be my one chance to meet him. <laughs> and you literally probably thought, "Okay, is that why Alex is going there?" <laughs> That did not really come to my mind until much later on. Well, that is why I went there at that time. Well, here's the funny part about that. Uh, this was the, literally the week before. So I asked my roommate if he wanted to go as well. And it turns out that he had something else to do. I did not tell him that Johnny was going to be there. He saw the same announcement I did the following the following day. And then he said that I should have my... I know the story. Make sure everything goes well. So I could, quote, meet my man. I'm going, what is it? I said the same thing to my... What? Here's the thing. I said the same thing to my ex when she told me she had tickets to go see some band. And I says, honey, are you going just so you can meet your man? Or I say man or man. I can't remember. I go... Honey, are you only going so you can meet your men? Because I always, because I used to make jokes about. I told her. Now I was a fucking idiot at this point. I said, "You could date so many other guys. Why are you dating me?" <laughs> and I could say that. Well, look at the level she stooped to now. She can't. She can't meet anybody else, so she's got to date guys she already knows. <laughs> Okay, so when you seen Johnny on the racetrack, what was what did you think of him? Well, I didn't expect to see him so soon because it was you, me, and two other people that were waiting for this uh, little event where we could meet all the drivers for that to begin. So we get onto the track, I start recording, and as I'm panning, I see him. And I don't know why I reacted the way I did. It's literally in the documentary video. And how you didn't know it's him, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention. I just wanted to go to his car. Because <laughs> I literally noticed him way before you did. So, to not bombard him, we go to the race car that he was going, he was going to race for the night. And we meet his sister. And then you two were chatting it up. And I was I was telling Bob a story, I think. Yeah, you were talking about your article that you wrote. Well, I told her about other articles that I was writing. She said, Well, what else are you planning on writing? And she's I told her, Oh, I don't know. We do have two more articles coming out. Uh, within the month of April, at least two, no more than three. The One of them is an article I do not recommend you reading if you are sensitive to 
how do I want to say it? Um, dead bodies, because one of them shows an image of a dead body, of a human corpse. Okay. Unbeknownst to the people at the time, they did not know the person was dead. Sure, but anyway. Our Kenny Irwin article has a picture of Kenny Irwin's dead body being loaded into the ambulance after his fatal accident. I'm serious. I'm gonna go there now. Uh, please don't. Please do, because you don't believe me. No, why? I won't you... show the body. That's my question. It gives more. Let me show you. It gives more emphasis to the story, and it helps tell the story more. And believe me, I was hesitant about putting it in there. Trigger warning for those watching the YouTube version. I am not going... Well, okay. Let me, let me show you guys something. Content warning. This article discusses counts and shows graphic images of fatal racing accidents. Reader discretion is advised. Okay. Okay. That's the easiest way you could do that. Well, at least not be weird and show it on uh, YouTube. Uh, anyways, let's go over to the articles page because Mary likes those. <laughs> we have a new article that was posted on March 24th. What is this article about, Mary? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, a while back, I don't know how I did this, but I had the epiphany to just randomly do a video on a long forgotten NASCAR driver by the name of Christian Elder, who is known as the original. Great Clips guy. You may know Casey Kane, you may know Jason Laffley, you may know a few other drivers, but Christian Elder was the original Great Clips driver. And this basically documents everything regarding him, what we know about his career, and the crash that ended the NASCAR portion of his career, and what led up to his untimely death. Alex has basically put okay, that into article form. Okay, what's this one about? <laughs> this is about a uh, racing movie that a lot of people tend to rage out against, but is actually underrated for other reasons. If you say it's good, I am going to fire you. I said underrated. I didn't say it was good. Okay, that's better. Like, basically, take those NASCAR romance mo those NASCAR romance books from the mid-2000s, put them into champ cars. I remember those. I remember those. <laughs> okay, moving on. 
Basically, this is like an updated variant of a movie series that I became famous for years ago called The Mayfield Massacre, which was uh, basically how I had concerns over things regarding Mayfield. And basically, this is like an updated version of that. Now, this one is all you. This is basically you doing a... Uh, article regarding Adam Petty and his legacy. This one I'm kind of synonymous for. You knew I had to do this one. <laughs> and especially now with all the gaming controversies in the gaming community for NASCAR. Explain it. Well, for the longest time, and even still to this day, People will say that NASCAR Thunder 2004 is the greatest racing game in the history of NASCAR. This was the gold standard. This is the peak of NASCAR gaming. And while a lot of people still That's play this... That's what the title is. The gold standard. Mm-hmm. And this explains why this, this movie, this game is still beloved and played to this day in comparison to other NASCAR games. We're going to skip that one. No, we're going to talk about this one. Oh, yeah? I don't care. I'm not, I'm not, going, I'm not leaving this one until you say something about this one. Okay, it's an article. Moving on. Okay, um, the last one, the last article on this list will tie back to this one. Okay. Uh, the Goody Stash series, that's a long-forgotten series of NASCARs from back in the day. So basically, Alex decides to go over that particular series and well, it up to its demise. <laughs> this one pissed off a lot of people. <laughs> How to build on NASCAR 21 Ignition and not the and not botch the release of future titles. Uh, yeah, get a company that's not a freaking scam. How about that one? <laughs> oh, believe me, we got one coming up by the end of the month regarding that. Thanks, Ossoganowski. A lot of people are covering a lot of people are covering that now because of what's been exposed in regards to that. Yeah. Beloved console developer? I don't think so. <laughs> yes. Let me explain. iRacing acquired Monster Games. Oh, Monster Games. Your little thing says this motorsport. Everyone loves Monster Motorsport Games is basic. Motorsport Games purchased Monster Games. Mm -hmm. If iRacing didn't buy Motorsport Games, they would still be loved. Oh, here's a good one. The story of Dale Earnhardt's Peter Max car. Oh, okay. Explain. 
Uh, this is the car that Dale Earnhardt Sr. raced in the 2000 All-Star Race, I believe. And yes. why this is different from his traditional cars. I'm not moving on until you explain. I don't understand why you don't like that article, but okay. Uh, this is a different Kenny Irwin Jr. article, it looks like. It's the same one. That's the same one? Okay. I wasn't sure if it was a different one or not. This is a football article. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is someone that has a connection to um, your home area, so that's oh. the reason why you did it. Mary's new favorite driver. You wish. He is. No. I've moved on. I've moved on. Uh, I do not know who this is. I made this on a whim. Oh, okay. So basically what I did with my Christian Elder video. Yes. Here's a topic that you should know pretty well. How about you talk about it, though? Yeah, I think most people know Jeff Striegel for his uh, work with the Motor Racing Network, but he actually is part of the uh, Berlin Raceway now as the uh, main person there, the GM role. And he's he's been doing a pretty good job with that track. Yeah, okay, moving on. Uh, this is basically you documenting uh, the rise of Carson Hosevar. <laughs> You want to know the story about this? I called him about this. Okay. I go, hey man, he goes, what? I said, I just wrote an article about you, and I'm going to put it on my website, and I want to tell you about it so that people don't get, so that nobody, so that when, when slash if somebody sends this to you, you don't get weirded out. And he goes, all right, whatever. And, and then I hung up. I hung up right after that. Sure. Uh, the story of the 2001 Pepsi 400. Everyone knows that story. And the controversies that led up after that. Mm -hmm. uh, story about Hank Parker Jr. Who is Hank Parker Jr.? Hank Parker Jr. is a former NASCAR driver. Uh, basically, his family is known for the outdoors type stuff, but uh, he and his brother Billy used to race in NASCAR. And he, uh, I, I do believe he has won in the Bush series, which is now Xfinity in the past. You can't hear that, can you? Not really. Good. So anyway, uh, he had a pretty decent Bush career, but a combination of sponsorship and a back injury from 2004 essentially ended his career. Now, for some of these, I don't know why these are 
Okay, so after the host of our article, I didn't write the caption of the picture. I just gave a synopsis after the picture. Okay, now here's a good one. Lyndon A. McNASCAR's American Hero. You were enthralled with that story. Explain. Okay, so Lyndon Amick, like Hank Parker Jr., is a former NASCAR driver, mainly competed in the Bush Series, which is now the Xfinity Series. Uh, after Talladega 03, I believe Lyndon decided to retire right then and there, and he actually decided to join the military and was on a few tours of that one. A complete transformation from the person you see in the picture for the headliner. And a lot of inspirational things came from that. And he was actually featured in a episode on the Pastimes and Other Musings podcast, so you should go check that out. That is currently our most popular video with over 120 views. And I think the Dale Jr. download has something to do with it. Oh, you're going to love this next one. The USAC star who became NASCAR's GOAT, Jeff Gordon. Well, not exactly true. He's not a GOAT, but... Yes, it is true. He is the GOAT. He is not. He is too. Not. Is. Not. Is. Explain what this article is. It's basically a review of Jeff Gordon's NASCAR career. And why he's the best driver ever. Moving on. <laughs> What's this? Ah, here's a good one. My car lovers does not belong in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. It's exactly what it says it is. And it's not because he attempted murder. It's because he's an overrated sore loser. Yep. Oops. <laughs> you guys can see my background. I don't mind that. Okay. This is an article regarding Johnny Benson and basically his NASCAR career. And why he's one of NASCAR's last true gentleman racers. This one is more my territory, so we're not going to talk about it. I went to this concert. That doesn't bother me anymore. What is that? So, um... The very first, I think this is the very first article you ever wrote. It's. Yes. There's a lot. There's a lot of information to it. And it's still ongoing even at this point in time. It, it's basically a Jason Jacoby documentary. I shouldn't have made it. Oops. Sorry. I shouldn't have made it. Um, I should have done one article. I should have done like a series of articles. Well, yeah. let's actually go to Google Docs right now, and you guys, I can show you how many articles I've started, but I haven't even finished. So we've got Elliot Sadler. We've got, oh, yes, we've got that one. We've got Greg Moore. So we will have one on Elliot Sadler and another one on Greg Moore by the end of the month. We might even have one on Matt Kenseth. Now... The Kenseth article. Let me talk about Kenseth for a second. Kenseth is one of the top 10 mega baddies. However, out of all the drivers on the mega baddies list, 
Kenseth is the one I dislike the least. And that article will explain why. Okay. Even though he almost killed Jeff Gordon in 2008, Harvick, unlike his other, unlike his boyfriend and lover, Edwards, his lover, Carl Edwards, doesn't belong in the NASCAR Hall of Fame, but I think you can make a case for Kenza. He might not go in first ballot, even though I feel like the NASCAR Hall of Fame is going to rig the contest. Yeah, I'm hearing something voting. that'll happen. I hope it doesn't, because that means they'll just delegitimize the entire thing. Like, I do believe that Kenseth will get in, just not first ballot. Maybe a couple years. If he gets in first ballot, they rigged it. Yeah. They should make it, the fans need to decide who's going to get in. They don't need a damn fucking panel. They don't need a, they don't need a panel. They don't need, um, yeah, they don't need a damn panel. They don't need a fucking, um, what should we call it? Uh, group, they don't need a, they don't need a group of people to do that. They need the fans to decide. If the fans vote Kenseth in, fine. If not, hell will have frozen over. Because I feel like Kenseth, if Kenseth does get in, they're just going to rig the contest. Not really the contest, the voting. Right. Anyway. How do you feel about me right how do you feel about the me writing that article about Carl Edwards? Well, I assume that most people in the modern generation will disagree with us that he's not Hall of Fame worthy, but I do believe that this is something that should be out there regarding the aspects of who Carl Edwards really is, not only as a driver, but the aspects of who he really is on and off the track. And that's probably more than... What do you mean on and off the track? Like, I compare him to Ricky Rudd, someone who is not yet in the Hall of Fame, but deserves it. Yeah, what aspects do you hear about anything good that Carl Edwards has done? The only things that we've really heard is that he's been helping people when it comes to, like, hurricane damage and stuff, but a lot of people has done that already. But you also have him basically doing other things... And the only thing we really hear him doing is maybe he's going to run for politics in Missouri or something. Like, okay. Like, make it make himself work. I only focus on his NASCAR career. I don't focus on his personal life, even though he's a little whiny bitch. Um, yeah, but some people do, and that's one of those aspects you have to pay attention to. I am not voting for Carl Edwards to get into the Hall of Fame. No. I'm voting for Ricky Rudd over him. I'll vote for Matt Kenseth over him. <laughs> okay, explain to the... You always tell me that you don't like Matt Kenseth because he's a hypocritical coward. Explain the incident in which that happened. Oh, I'll be more than happy to. Okay, so back in the late 90s, he was a standout in the Bush series. And how did Kenseth get his very first win? He did a bump and run against Tony Stewart on the last lap of Rockingham. That's what that, that that's how his win, his very first win, came about. In his victory lane interview, he's literally said, "You got to do what you got to do." Fast forward to 2003, Richmond, the Fall Bush. Race. I know this one. I I know this one. 
You know this one because I told you about it because I was there. I was literally in the grandstands in turns three and four when this happened. I remember watching the race. You weren't even a year old yet. I have memories. So anyway, so Kenseth is in the 17. He's racing Johnny Sauter, who's going for his first win in the series. And they're doing some bumping and banging and stuff. Now, Kenseth is leading going into turn three. And Johnny Sauter, knowing what Kenseth did to him, does the bump and run against him. Kenseth goes up the track. Johnny Sauter wins. Kenseth then decides to go on this egotistical, whiny rant and stuff to the point Kevin Harvick, of all people, had to run interference. That's how bad that was. And then, on the radio, the PA system, Kenseth goes on this ridiculous, egotistical, whiny rant saying that Sauter raced him too hard and it was pathetic and bad. He got booed out of the racetrack. Everyone booed Kenseth. It was so funny. And Kenseth has been a little whiny wah-wah ever since. You just don't notice it as much as other drivers because of the fact that there's other drivers who were even worse than Kenneth during that era, like Kevin Harvick and Jeff Gordon and Kyle Busch in the rise of that. And Roush era Kurt Busch back in the day was like that. You didn't notice it with Kenseth because the other drivers were notorious for that. Until 2015. Well, really, let's start with 2006. His little incidents with Jeff Gordon, they had a little back and forth for a little while. But because Jeff Gordon was also notorious for that back in the day, no one noticed it with Kenseth. Until 2015. 2015, Kansas. Matt Kansas is trying to defend against the hard-charging Joey Logano. Blocks him into the wall on the front stretch. And then tries to block again in the turn one and spins himself off Logano's bumper. Now, because of this, Kansas screws himself out of the win. And decides to go on this ridiculous whiny contingent ever since. To the point... He intentionally wrecks Logano after getting into a wreck with Kurt Busch earlier in that account. To the point that people actually cheered that, because apparently people getting illegitimate retaliations for the things now. To the point NASCAR even suspended him a couple races, and Kenseth was one of the golden boys, so that's how bad and egotistical that was. And it's not until years later that people figured out that Kenseth was just a whiny, hypocritical, moronic, Coward. He contradicted himself in terms of his first NASCAR win and Johnny Sauter's first NASCAR win. And then he flip-flops in terms of Jeff Gordon in the mid-2000s. And then he does it again with Joey Logano in 2015. And there's other instances that people don't remember because of other people doing this back in the day, just not as much as, just way more than Kenseth did. It's only now that people are starting to realize that Matt Kenseth was not this goody-goody guy that he tried to make himself, himself out to be. He's a whiny, hypocritical coward. That's all Matt Kenseth ever was, and that's all Matt Kenseth ever will be. And that's why his... I always laugh at the point... Go on. I always laugh at Matt Kenseth because he's a... I've always laughed at Matt Kenseth. Because his face looks weird. Anyways, what were you saying? I just finished up. It's basically all of those instances why he's the hypocritical coward, and just now people are starting to figure that out. 
What's his nickname that you said? The hypocritical coward. I thought it was little bitch, but okay. Anyway. I'm trying to find a picture of him. I'm trying to find a picture of him for my article. Here's one. He looks like he's busting a nut. That's a good one. Hang on. Oh, that's a better one. That's actually a good looking picture. He looks like he's fat. <laughs> oh, here's one with his championship trophy. That's probably better, isn't it? No. Oh, the last champion that act the last champion under the good points format. That's right. That's who Matt Kenseth is, in my opinion. <sighs> but he's still a little bitch. Anyways. Now, you're probably wondering, why is the article about Kyle or uh, Carl Edwards called Why Carl Edwards Doesn't Belong in the NASCAR Hall of Fame? It basically explains why he's an overrated little hypocrite. Oh, yeah. And a sore loser. I didn't... I don't think he's an attempted murderer. That's Matt Kenseth. Anyway. Um, but any, but yes, Matt Kenseth is a little bitch. Carl Edwards is a little bitch. Are you excited? But you know who Barry's absolute favorite driver is? Paul Tracy. <laughs> the no. jack of all trades. Oh, what? Explain why you don't like Paul Tracy. The 90s? <laughs> found a card. I don't know how the hell this happened. But Paul Tracy, for whatever ungodly reason, looked like Johnny in the mid-90s. I am not making that up. <laughs> oh my god I'm serious I don't know why he, he, I wanted Paul Tracy's autograph I mean just to piss you off I wanted Paul Tracy's autograph why don't even think about it because of what he looked like no because I know you don't like him Tell everybody what I've been doing with you regarding racing drivers. I don't know what context you're mentioning here. What every I've been making Mary guess race car drivers. Oh, our little game. Okay. So every so often, Alex and I play this little game where basically we think of a driver... And basically, we have the other person guess the driver. And this ranges from NASCAR to open wheel to drag racing. My friend, this actually didn't start with me. Uh, one of my friends would come up with like a president or like a state or a country or something. And we had to guess which state, country, president or whatever, or celebrity it was in. Like right now, I'm thinking of an actor. 
Tom Cruise. Wrong. Was that the NASCAR on Fox theme song? Where? I just heard a guitar. No, 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 no. That was my text tone. Oh. Come on. Is that your booty call texting you? Oh, wait. Huh? What? Is that your booty call texting you? No. Oh, wait. You don't have a booty call because... You don't have a dick. You don't have a booty call. That's right. What's the... What's... What was your text tone from? A long-forgotten show called Metabots. Okay, well, I go pee. Why don't you explain that? Oh, God. Okay. So, apparently, this is, this is a cartoon from my childhood, from the 22nd century. It's called Metabots. I believe the Japanese version of the show called Metarots or something, but it's Metabots here. Uh, basically, it's these kids who control these uh, robots with personalities it's called metals, and they can be what's called robattles. And basically, what happens is that you have a ranking system. It's a very complicated story. So, basically, what happens is that it, it started as a competition thing for fun in terms of kids and stuff, and then it has a couple of interesting yet pretty dark stories in there. It lasted three seasons. Three seasons? What's a two season? Well, technically it's three seasons, but really it was only two. Because you had season 1.1 and then you had season 1.2. That was the good stuff. When season three, a.k.a. season two, came up, with, which was the Kilobots uh, saga, that essentially ruined the show and its popularity because they changed up a few characters, they changed up a couple of the team pairings, and it completely collapsed from there. So Metabots is like a hidden gem, but only for the first couple of seasons. When the Kilobots variant came into play, the show was ruined. So, back to my Carl Edwards thing. Why did I not entire? Why did I not give it a clever title like Carl Edwards, the the sore loser who likes to attempt murder? Because, because when I was, uh -huh. let me finish. Because because that article was written at the time, like right after it was announced he was going to be on the NASCAR Hall of Fame ballot. Okay. Now finish. Well, the reason I thought you called it that is because you want to sound a bit more professional than that. Well, I want. Well, why do you think I'm calling the Matt Kenseth article? Matt Kenseth was better than you think. Because he was. Interesting. He was better than a lot of. He was better than a lot of than a lot of people give him credit for. You don't win one race and win the championship. Well, yes, you can, actually. You can win no races and win the championship, Matt Crafton. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Is Matt Crafton a mega baddie? No, he's a regular baddie. I can agree to that.
Especially now, in my opinion, the top ten mega buddies are as when a championship was a good idea. Epic fail. Here are the ten mega baddies, in my opinion: Fred Keselowski, Greg Biffle, Denny Hamlin, Carl Edwards, Matt Kenseth, Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, Rich Bickle, Kevin Harvick, and Jimmy Johnson. Keselowski's not a mega baddie. In my opinion, he is. In my opinion, he's not. Well, you're going to have to deal with my opinion. But the other nine are. Okay. Anyways, my ringtone is from an 80s television show. My ringtone is from an 80s television show. Knight Rider? Press your luck. Why? Because Pizza Whammy is funny. So when you're walking down the street and you get a phone call, someone, the Press Your Luck theme song plays. No, not the theme song, a specific whammy. Oh. I'm literally going to play the music that, that, my, that my ringtone is from. Yeah, look at Matt Tons of. Look, look at that. Look at that cheese head. Look at his cheese head. There he is. Look at his cheesy smile. That is weird. Oops. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to go on to YouTube right now. Why? So I can play you. The Night Rider theme song. An easier way to study hard is <laughs> here. Here we go. That's not it. <laughs> Here's the original theme. You don't remember this? This is what the wording. Is. 
But you get the gist of it now. Knight Rider was awesome. How about you talk about your opinion on my article? I thought it was pretty good for the argument you were trying to come up with in regards to that. There we go. Well, he didn't specify which article, but the vast majority of his articles are actually pretty good. Like, there's a couple of them I question why he did them, but the majority of his articles are actually pretty good. And that's the way that I think in regards to that. Which one do you question why I wrote them? Well, the Jacoby one for one thing, the Lombard one for another thing. Like, you're right with Edwards, but probably that one too. Let me get rid of that. I don't need that in this file. You can see my earbud case. Okay, so why did I write the Jacoby one? I wanted to try to write the Lombard one because I'm talking about Jacoby and I feel like a damn hypocrite. If I didn't talk about Jacoby, if I didn't talk about Lombard, I thought I, if I talk about Jacoby but not Lombard, I feel like a hypocrite. Because A, I watched both of their videos. B, I was a fan of both of them. And I was connected with Jacoby and Lombard for a portion of the time. But I didn't do any like the creepy shit that they did because like who would do such a thing? True. Anyway. Like But then the what what why do you question the Edwards one? Because I feel like most people will not share the same opinion as us. I wrote that one because it's uh, it was an opinion piece that I was required to do in high school. <laughs> okay. That works. I was required to do an opinion piece in high school and I was and that's the and right when that assignment was well assigned, I wrote that article. Okay. And there's also a hidden article that I wrote that Mary is the only other is the only person that doesn't live in my area that that has read it. And you can explain that one a little bit. I can. The one about um, a competition that I questioned the results about. Oh yeah, so. Alex is into fitness, and one of the things you do with fitness is review the competition. And there is the results and profile of a competitor in said competition that Alex believes does not match up in terms of the training and coordination with the competitions and success rate at a very fast rate for one of the competitors. And Alex is worried that it's something that will be detrimental to said competitor later on in life, if you catch my drift. Actually, no. 
that's uh, not. I don't think it'll be detrimental to the competitor because I don't really care about the competitor, and you know about the competitor, and you know why. Yeah, I do. You can explain that when I'm done. Basically, I don't want this. This person is degrading the prestige of what she competes in. Mm-hmm. And hasn't she degraded enough? Yeah. Why don't you explain a little bit about why I say that? Well, because this person and Alex are competitors, they obviously know each other. They have had encounters in terms of competition. We never competed against each other. Exactly. We never competed against each other. Yeah, exactly. No, I never competed in the level she competes in. We just knew each other. Exactly. But those two have had some encounters in the past that have rubbed Alex the wrong way. And because of certain things that the nefariousness of that sport have caused, and now brings into question whether that nefariousness is in play with this competitor. And if Alex and if Alex was a victim of the nefariousness that this competitor may have been involved in. And this person is so nefarious that what did what did I have to do on social media? I believe you blocked this individual. Nope, I had to delete an account because I was getting because I was eventually getting harassed. You didn't hear that, did you? I did. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on and I'm not going to ask. Some remodeling in the house. Some remodeling in the house. Is it your brother or the people who are remodeling? It's my brother. Oh, I'm sorry. It it sounds like you don't really enjoy your brother. What was your opinion of the article that that we were just talking about? Huh? What was your opinion of the article that that we were just talking about? It sounds like that you want to try and help this person yet expose this person at the same time. I do, because I want to expose the corruption, but I also want her to get help. Right. Like, I don't want to be like, I hate exposing people. Like, there's a video we did a few weeks ago exposing someone that we have not, that is not public. And I hate making content like that. I really do. But at the same time, sometimes it needs to be done. And in that situation, it did. And I didn't do it because, like, I want want that person shunned from the community. But not only do I want the person shunned from the community, I also want this person to get help and understand when they're being stupid and when they're being creepy. And I also want this person I wrote about I want her to get the help that she needs and learn how to how to pace herself and shit because that's how things go 
and that and just kind of learn the ropes and she i think she's going too quickly like and when she and i were talking i was giving her my my i was giving her my advice i w- she wouldn't take it because i didn't know her in person or something like that i used to follow a bunch of fitness accounts and that's how i met her i mean i still do but i don't really talk to people yeah but anyways Mary's not going to talk about the situations afterwards, even though she was literally a witness to all of it. And I also believe that there are other factors leading into this. But anyways, let's talk about Danny B's video about Victory Lane. Uh, yeah. Basically, how victory lane is now a thing of the past, and now it's victory front stretch, and that's not a good thing. Imagine, take Danny B's example. If Dale Earnhardt was ordered to to go to the front stretch, to the to the front stretch, and to the start finish line, instead of high fiving all those fans after he tried so hard to win the Daytona 500 and finally did, how would that make you feel if you were Dale Earnhardt? and you were ordered to go to the start-finish line when you just won the biggest race ever and it's taken you two decades to do so. <laughs> well, first of all, they would not do that with Dale Earnhardt because Dale Earnhardt. But any other driver, I guess it would depend on the situation, especially the last few years, considering that's when all this started. It would be really interesting to see how Austin Sindrick and Michael McDowell and Danny Hamlin felt about that, especially Hamlin, considering 2020 and that particular 500 ending. But anyway. The the main thing about... Danny Hamlin is a mega baddie. Yeah, I know that. The main thing about that is that it's caused more controversies than good. There's literally no... Brad Keselowski will never win the Daytona 500. Huh? Brad Keselowski will never win the Daytona 500. Oh, please. If Bernhardt can, then surely Keselowski can. No. He probably should have won it this year. He drives drives for a shitty team. Who do you think Michael McDowell drove for? He was hand. Oh. I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> well, anyone can win on super speedway, so I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Is that even though Kozlowski's a mega baddie, he can he can still. Oh, you just admitted it. Kozlowski's a mega baddie. You hear it here first, people. Anyone can win on a super speedway. Exactly. I said Kozlowski's a mega baddie. You said exactly. No, you said anyone can win a super speedway. I said exactly. I, you said exactly after I said that Keselowski was a mega baddie. He's not a mega baddie. Why do we have to go through this every freaking week? Explain to me why he's not a mega baddie. Oh, where do I start? You know how NASCAR has these drivers that they love to screw over? Keselowski's definitely towards the top of the list. The stupid penalty thing that they came up with out of nowhere for no reason is a prime example of that. NASCAR has had a hate on for Brad Keselowski for no less than 12 years. Maybe as many as 14, going back to his JRM days. 
That's how bad NASCAR is in terms of that stuff. Because this stuff really didn't take off until I don't the like him. started. And you know how much they like Hamlin at Explain. Huh? Explain to me why he won the championship in 2012. Oh, why he won the championship in 2012? Simple. Because Jimmy Johnson was given the wrong engine. Yes. Okay, I'll I'll agree with that. And I just Jeff laughed Gordon. at Johnson when Keselowski won the championship. I mean, I wanted Keselowski to win. Mm -hmm. And the what? Uh-oh, I just got a message on my thing. Your internet connection is unstable. Well, it should be fine now. The message just disappeared. But anyway. And now we're having problems with the bathroom over there. That's great. Uh, moving on. I assume there's nothing else to talk hey. about. So. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else to talk about. So let's just wrap this up here. Are we now, you probably are thinking, where the hell is Darian Gilliam? Well, he couldn't be on this week. <laughs> oh, that that's kind of the funny thing, because that, that was probably going to be a long shot, because we had two people... That would be potential guests in case, because Alice thought he wasn't going to be able to do this, and somehow he managed to do this. But anyway, uh, Darian was one of the two people that we had the idea for him to fill in as a guest role, but that did not work out because he had other plans and he was sick earlier in the week. And the second person... Uh, I had already asked at Alex's request, but she was also busy with a couple other things as well. So I don't know how Alex managed to do it, but he's still here anyway. And I don't trust the two of you. Yeah, I don't really trust the two of you doing this, uh, especially her. Oh. Ugh. I, uh. I'm sure she'll love to hear that. I said her, especially her. Oh, she knows. Oh, she knows. There are a lot of things I regret telling her. Why? But. Because she just. Because she's, you know, her. Um, <laughs> are we doing picks this week or no? Yes. For the Bristol Dirt Race. And there are only two races this weekend. Yeah, Trucks and Cup. I'm ready. Well, I've got a suck pick. All right. My suck pick is Jessica Friesen. <laughs> it would not surprise me. It would be her first truck race. Like, I think she has dirt experience. She's literally Stuart Friesen's wife. But this is the truck series. It's going to be a bit different. So I do agree with that. I'm going to go with the driver that I don't believe has it. And she did do Knoxville last year. She did Knoxville last year? She did Knoxville, but not Bristol because she didn't even qualify. <laughs> Yeah, and you saw how much of a train wreck that race was. But anyway. Oh, yeah. My suck pick for the uh, Bristol truck race on dirt is a driver that I don't believe has any experience. And if he does, it's very, very little. My suck pick is going to be Ty Majeski. Okay. My underdog is going to be Haley Deegan. I can see that argument. She does have dirt experience, albeit it's off-road trucks, not necessarily the main trucks. 
So that's going to be something to look out for. Uh, my underdog is someone who has won on Bristol Dirt before. But I don't know if it's going to be that well in terms of the truck series. So I'm just going to have him as an underdog. I want to say Joey Logano. And for some reason, Alex is muted. So uh, anyway, uh, for those who are unfamiliar with how the, uh, what do we call this segment? Hot Shot. How Hot Shot works is basically, it's, it's similar to the format we use with the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Basically, they have a who's going to suck, who's going to be the underdog, and who's going to win. We do this with all three series, if applicable. And I don't know how well Alex is keeping up with this, but apparently we have a format for this in the Cup Series. Based on Cup Series wins alone. The other ones are just for funsies. And to pass the time. It's Cup only. Okay. That's it's Cup I'm wins thinking. only. Because that's how my fantasy team works. Ah. Anyways, my winner on the dirt race is going to be, hmm, Amy, Meany, Monty, Stewart, Friesen. I can see that to an extent, but I can see maybe getting the top 10, but not that close. If all goes well, there, there's two drivers I'm debating towards. And I'm going to go with John Hunter Nemechek. Okay, well, for Cup, uh, my suck pick is, hmm, I don't know. I think maybe it's going to be, oh, gosh, who is it going to be Kevin Harvick? I can see that with Harvick. Uh, I'm going to go with an enemy from his past. I don't see much of anything good happening with Ty Dillon in this race, so he's going to be my suck pick. Okay, well, I'm going to go for the underdog. I don't really know why I'm picking this driver for the underdog. Chase Elliott. He did come close to winning last year's event, so I can definitely see that. But uh, my underdog is a driver who's notorious for dirt, so I do see the potential for him uh, possibly doing well. If he's not getting paid with his team like he has been, I'm going to say Christopher Bell. Okay, well, he is pretty good on dirt, but you know what? Christopher Bell is going to be my winner. Why Christopher Bell? Because Kyle Larson threw it away last year. You can't hear that, can you? No. Good. But I got to run. Okay, so I'll take care of the rest of it from here. Uh, my win pick, I'm not expecting anything much different. He won the Truck Series uh, event last year. So I'm going to say it's Martin Truex Jr. So uh, anyway, uh, Alex has to scoot now. So we're going to end the rest of the program from this point. Uh, the Pastimes of the Using's podcast goes live at Fridays at 7 p.m. So thank you, everyone, for watching in terms of that. Be sure to check it out every single week for the rest of the NASCAR season. We have a Patreon uh, how the Patreon works is that you have four different tiers that you can donate to, and with each tier comes more and more benefits for you. We have our $5 bronze tier, our $10 silver tier, our $20 gold tier, and our $50 platinum tier. If you want to participate in our mailbag segment, you can email us at pastimespodcastguest at gmail.com. If your question is, can you be on the podcast, it's going to be a resounding no. Also, be sure to check out Destroyer H6. That is Alex's channel. We had a uh, collab video come out uh, this past Saturday. We mentioned it earlier. 
So be sure to check that one out. Stop making noise in there. And hopefully things will uh, continue over the next couple of weeks. This is a three-part series doing the NASCAR challenges from the EA days. Also be sure to check out my channel, which is Ultimate 23 Dragon. I put out a very cool and funny video last month. And there will be another video in the uh, next couple weeks that I believe I also mentioned earlier in the week. So be sure to stay tuned for that. So thank you everyone for watching. This is Ultimate 23 Dragon, and that's my final answer.